This is an excerpt from Different Ways Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 18, Excerpts from Running Out of Sand, Part 2. That's not my name. As for my name, it translates to something like blind daisy singing standing in a stony field, depending on how you source it. Mom continued the matriarchal tradition of naming a female child after the mother in naming me, Marguerite, after herself. Because the situation of us both having the same first name, my middle name was employed for convenience. It was sometime during therapy and psychic work that I began to pick up the vibration of names and naming. I carried in my name a certain energetic from my mother. I didn't think I was required to do this, I wanted to, because she carried her mother's name and my nana her mother's name. I sensed it was up to me to heal or neutralize, if possible, any types of ancestral misalignment for future generations in this naming thread. Initially, this struck me as a burden, but as my life played out and I witnessed firsthand how healing works, I saw it as a responsibility, a gift, a way to tie my life to my ancestry and lay groundwork for any future generations. I hoped I could also enjoy the witnessing of more love to enter my son's and grandchildren's lives by breaking the chain of abuse. I know now that this is not just my work, but the work of myself and many other people who have stepped up to reclaim their lives from abusive and unjust situations. Another Marguerite of literary fame springs to mind as having helped many women and girls better understand their wounding and helping them in regarding their personal power as singing caged birds. Admittedly, I have no sovereignty over my sons' and granddaughters' issues in their lives, but I anticipated getting my energy out of the way so they did not have the burden of that, at least. Healing doesn't happen in a vacuum, and it requires each person's authentic voice to be employed to move humanity forward. It was and continues to be my work in the world, to encourage and support the wounded, especially in finding their voice. My middle name came from something that was uniquely from my mother, and more importantly, from the Times. I was named after Cecile Dion of the Canadian Dion Quintuplets fame. Mom heard something she liked in the name. She thought it pretty. The story of the Dion Quintuplets is one of severe childhood and media abuse, and something of their story later on became an influence in mine as well. My undoing and consequent redemption was involving the media and popular culture. The quints were a media sensation. They were used like chattel to further the profits of the men who had them captured and put in a zoo-like display for a price. The media spun them into popularity, and those in charge forced them to comply with whatever brought in more demand and exposure for even more money. This was a time when television and the concept of lifestyle reporting was brand new. All appearances maintained promoting the idea that the girls were 
getting the best of everything. But it was quite a different story behind the scenes. It was horrific for those little girls. We have come a long way since then in better understanding the needs of children, even if we have fallen horribly behind in understanding the kind of destruction supporting and believing in what is seen on TV and what it can do to atrophy, critical thinking. We still live in that shadow and are trying to understand it. Television created a schism in human consciousness that many are still unaware of. The name Cecile is related to music in terms of its association with the Catholic Saint Cecilia. But it rolls back even farther to the word blind and its inference, dim-witted, all of which hold vibrations I've worked with all my life. My blindness is my naivety, and with that, my ability to remain curious and vulnerable. I sometimes appear ignorant to others. When I reached puberty, I took it upon myself to call myself Seal. Some of this was a spawn of having to suffer being called Cecil by teachers who couldn't be bothered respecting a child's feelings and an annoying popularity of a cartoon that featured a seasick sea serpent that my peers found cute. I kept the rest of my name for business purposes. I left off the energy of my husband's name and retained the mantle of my father's after I divorced. This set me on a journey I needed to make with Pop's energy. Some of my most difficult journeying has been around carrying my father's name. Without it, however, I would never have been able to understand certain sources of my own behaviors that I inherited from him and his abandonment of me. I took it on and I used it. Being a human being is no accident and it is not by a design outside of ourselves. Having a life is rife with personal agendas, secrets, and intrigues. I believe that if every person is allowed to be themselves as an individual and allow the discovery of their place in the world, the world will know peace. I think every individual should name themselves as many times as they need and be taught to understand the naming's weight in their lives. There are worse things than death. Many of us are learning how to name those things and rework them into an arc of healing. There is no worse thing than dying when one has never lived, however. I name that life of illusion and tragic drama, Marguerite. I name the wall of sound, my openness, my child abuse, Cecile. And I name the echo in the silent chamber of abandonment, Stambro. I am Seal. Eye of the Needle I thought, by 1984, that all of this unearthing of my past would certainly be enough growing for one lifetime, but that was not to be the case. All of this was long before I understood about abstract concepts of time and physical reality and how humans were not the center of the universe, nor did I understand how much karma my soul might try to pull through the eye of a needle in one lifetime. I still employed coping mechanisms that needed constant maintenance, even with all my studying of Jung and poring over the occult without buying much of it. Later, I waded into applying psychic healing skills to my repertoire. Still, 
I was hound-dogged with mysteries and unresolved issues. I was clueless on many important matters regarding abandonment, misplaced loyalties, and personal empowerment. I somehow lost the ability to hear recorded music during this time. It manifested as a sort of oral jamming. It was like a muffling would occur so I couldn't hear the words. The sounds ran together. Even when I read along with the lyrics, I would experience a disconnect. The music was separated from the words and the intensity of my connection in listening to music was entirely lost in this period though I continued to try and listen by turning up the volume, and that resulted in hearing loss. It was only live music I could enjoy, free from the cloaking device that befell me. I imagined a guardian angel covering my ears with giant oven mitts. Part of this was my burgeoning tinnitus, of course. My achieving a level of critical thinking regarding Recorded music was needed for my succeeding in anything further in my life, in any area, especially my basic relationship to reality. Abandonment and low self-esteem were still deeply a part of how I mapped out my life, and these two were to be yet to be faced. Eventually, I would. Thank you for listening.